0: Guys, you doing all right this morning? New city? Come on, man! It's Christmas, right? How are we doing this morning after that? Anybody doing good? Doing all right? All right. Anybody need some coffee or anything? Because I'm going to need your help this morning. Because I've heard the first message and it's not that good. I'm just telling you. So I'm going to need. No. So good to see everybody, guys. uh, Got some new faces in the house. Uh, If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, my name is Casey. I'm one of the one of the pastors here serving alongside you. I do want to introduce you guys uh, to a, uh, a mentor of mine, and it is a real honor to have him. He'll, Dr. Phil, I call him Dr. Phil. Uh, his Phil Kryling. This is one of the guys that uh, that I sit in front of uh, every week, and he yells at me and tells me what to do. So, Dr. Phil, thank you very much, buddy. A lot of this is your fault. So just everybody say, thanks a lot, Dr. Phil, or thanks a lot, Dr. Phil. No, I appreciate that. So for real, though, man, it's an honor to be with you. It's an honor to be uh, the, um, in this church, uh, doing what we do, this is God has given us some great favor uh, this year and as we prepare for uh, two thousand and eighteen and all the things that God, that, that we're going to prepare not only just structurally and organizationally but, but I pray that we pray that we get ready in our hearts and our minds for what God has got coming for us amen like what we 're seeing this morning i don 't know if you've noticed, but they like like you could tell. Uh, Pete and, uh, and his and his worship team—they came in jacked, prayed up, right, and they were like ready to roll as soon as they came in the door this morning. We were talking about it, about it today, and it just just love that. Uh, show of hands, and actually, uh, I've got uh, two Christmas movies that I want to ask you guys about. Uh, first, and I will show of hands if, if this is your favorite. Well, we'll do three. If this is your favorite uh, Christmas movie, uh, A Christmas Story. That's your favorite, all right, cool. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, all right, Elf. Oh, yeah, man, I was like, all right, I think some people change their mind on that, uh, that Elven, right? Like, like, right around this time, we're gonna start seeing those movies on TV. Uh, name another one, name another Christmas movie. What wait, I, I Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, Grinch, yeah, Grinch is a go, yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas go. Little drummer boy, I don't know that one. Is it? Quasi, okay, all right, right on, right on. And you're going to start seeing those if you haven't seen them already. Uh, you're going to start seeing those uh, those on TV. Uh, people are going to start like downloading them and renting them or however we do it today. I still kind of like to do it old school, but uh, uh, with the DVD. Actually, we we should still stick to VHS, man. Right? Let's let's just keep on doing that because I think I got a lot of these on VHS still. I need to get them converted or whatnot. What else? Uh, like like Christmas time, you start seeing uh, Christmas music getting played a lot, right? Like all this kind of like you start you actually start hearing that around July. Like yeah, people especially in the stores, they're like, "Hey, start spending, start getting money, uh, right?" Like like start doing that kind of thing. It's kind of a kind of interesting time. Uh, how many of you show of hands enjoy this time of year? Okay. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, this is going to be fun today. How many of you struggle with this time of year? if you're going to be honest all right cool and so i have for years and i and i didn't have any kind of Problems growing up, no Christmas, bad memories or anything like that. You know, I had a, a really good upbringing. I had parents that loved me and that kind of thing. I, I had Christmas. I remember getting a bike one time that I uh, didn't. I remember getting up in the morning one morning on Christmas morning and and like four o'clock and opening up all my presents and and I thought my parents would be excited about that, right? But they were they were mad. they were like, yeah. I was like, well, look what Santa brought me. I mean, this is kind of cool. It's kind of how I and it was, so no, nothing bad happened or anything like that. And so, but what happened to me, like over the years, um, and, and and part of it was because of some circumstances in my life, part of it because it was the business that I was in, I starting really like hating this time of year, dreading it about July or so, I started going, oh man, here we go, it's going to start getting cold, everybody's going to start rust, hustling and bustling and everything, I'm going to have to go to Christmas parties and I got to go to do this and do that and got to get people presents and all that kind of stuff and football season's going to end soon after that and that really stinks right like all those kinds of things uh, like like it was really wearing on me a matter of fact it really started happening when I became a a landlord if you guys don't know for 17 years I was a a rental property manager and owner we had all kinds of uh, we had about 120 rental properties or rental units we had a lot of apartments and things like that so I was running around ragged and all that kind of stuff really enjoyed it except for when it came to this time of year And the reason I started really dreading it, like really, really, when it started hitting my bottom line real hard, because people would go, "Uh, I'm not going to be able to pay rent this month because I have to get my little baby, who just is only three months old, uh, something for Christmas for their first Christmas or something along that line. And then I started, I was like, once it happens 20 or 30 times, you start getting pretty bitter about this time, uh, time of year. And I let that distraction and those circumstances and those things distract me uh, from really like, enjoying this time of year. This, and I'm a, I'm a believer in Jesus the Christ, the one who came in the flesh in the form of a man, the one who didn't have to save my sorry behind, but did. And, and and this time of year that everybody has Jesus on their lips in our culture and in our world, I missed that opportunity for a long time because I was bitter. Because I started hating the this and I, and I would use all kinds of excuses, oh, it's all commercial now. Or, oh, it's just no, I was just being a jerk. Amen. Y'all don't have to say amen if I was a jerk. Right? What? Judy can say that, right? Because there was so many times, and some of you guys. I may have, if you've known me for a long time, I may have hurt your mood about this time of year. And I might have even said things like, I hate Christmas. And for that, I apologize to you guys, but here's the deal. And I love Christmas now. Like, I'm starting to get the fever, right? And I like it, like it's starting to rub up because this is a great opportunity for someone who's wired as an evangelist. When I say evangelist, someone who loves to see people come to know Jesus, loves to talk about Jesus in every circumstance. All of a sudden, everybody else is now, and I get to engage in the conversation, right? Like it's a, it's a time that we can actually enjoy those kinds of things. So here's the encouragement that I want us to have about Christmas time. It's like take the opportunities to have joy at this time and and really like engage the engage the culture, engage your neighbor, in, in, with the with what it means this this real true reason. See, Jesus is the star of the show here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to go over the Christmas account. See, I don't like to even call it a, a story. See, the, this is a, something that really actually happened. This is a, something that is a historically sound and accurate in the Bible. And the Bible is the in, inerrant, inspired, complete. Word of God, amen? And so we can understand that as we read this and we go through these kinds of things, that it is, it is not just so, a, a nice Christmas story that we can celebrate this time of year. This happened. This is a, a true account of the Messiah that was to be born. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take different scriptures and put them to the best that I can in chronological order talk about some historical things, talk about some different things like that, but then help us to understand the real reason why we're here. Now, I know a lot of people will say things like, Jesus is the reason for the season. And we'll say things like that almost in passing a lot of times. And we know that to be true in essence. But when it comes to our actual hearts and minds truly focusing on Him, man, a lot of us struggle with that. And I want to help us do just that, to focus on the star of this Okay, is that cool? First off, I want to do is uh, there's a guy that I love to read his uh, his work. His name is uh, Dr. Harold Honer. If you don't know who that is, he's considered one of the well, he was he passed away a few years back, but he's considered one of the uh, world renowned chronologists, meaning that that he can pinpoint with pretty neat accuracy and back it up with documentation of different accounts of what's going on now am i saying this is the exact time all these things happen for sure without it no but there's been some studies and i think you might find this uh pretty interesting listen to what he has to say about the birth and life of jesus says jesus entered into the history of our world in the winter of five or four bc i thought that was kind of interesting there uh shortly before the death of herod the great uh, the only thing recorded of Jesus' youth is the time when he was 12 and had a discussion with the rabbis after the Passover about A.D. 9. And A.D. meaning, uh, some people use the word C.E. now. I think that's a, kind of a weird thing. What what it, It's B.C. or A.D. in my book. I'm just old school like that, right? Shortly after John the Baptist began, began his ministry, which John the Baptist was the one who was basically laid the path straight for Jesus. He was the precursor to Jesus, which we'll read about here in just a little bit. Uh, shortly after John the Baptist began his ministry, Jesus began his in the summer or autumn of A.D. 29. His ministry was full, lasting three and a half years. Before, the, before his last Passover, there was a, the triumphal enter, imp, entry On Monday, Nisan 10, or that's the the Jewish calendar, or March 30th, A.D. 33. March 30th is my birthday, by the way, so that's kind of cool. This marked the end of the 69 weeks of Daniel and 9. By the way, that is a crazy prophecy. Like, accurately pinpoints the exact, like, written 700 years before Jesus ever comes to the earth. Like, with pinpoint accuracy, uh, predicts the year of Jesus' death. Man, that's wild stuff. Look that up. Later that week, he was cut off with a betrayal, arrest, and trial, which led to his crucifixion on Friday, April 3rd, A.D. 33. Not necessarily, I, I mean, I, it seems to be uh, based on his stuff, that's kind of an interesting uh, way of looking at those kinds of things. But I wanted to give that historical perspective because these things are true and real. I want us to start getting out of the thoughts when you see a nativity scene, which, by the way, I'm going to explain and probably ruin some of them for you in <laughs> just a little bit. But when you look at those things and you look at the the, the the pictures of Christmas and things like that, that we remember this really happened and this really like Jesus really came and did what he did for for us. So let's go forward and starting in Luke one, I'm going to have have some of you guys help me out with uh, some of the pronunciations of these things. When I read it a lot and don't hear it pronounced a lot, I may have you, have you help me out. Is that cool? So this is going to be a participation in the Jesus birth account. Luke 1, starting in verse 26, says, In the sixth month, and by the way, this was the sixth month of uh, the pregnancy of Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. Elizabeth is the cousin of Mary, and they were talking about that, in, or Luke was talking about that in context of her pregnancy in the sixth month the angel gabriel was sent by god to a town in galilee called nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named joseph of the house of david now i want to go a little bit of historical perspective about what engagement is there was uh, what's called a uh, a uh, betrothal or engagement that lasts about a year prior to the actual uh, event of marriage or a wedding uh, that 's a time where the husband to be goes and gets a place at usually at his father 's house, prepared for his bride. It usually takes about a year. The father will approve that it that, to be ready for the son to bring his soon to be wife into their home right so this is something that remember that that whole that whole thing about jesus says i, I am going to prepare a place for you right I have, in my house in my father's house are many rooms this is a marriage stuff that he's type of thing he's talking about so this this engagement was not just a uh, Get down on your knees, says, Hey, would you like to marry me one day And, and I go, Yes or, or no, hopefully not no, right, but yes, right, and they got all oh, there and get it on Facebook and everything like that and there 's this big wedding planned and everything all that kind of stuff it 's not necessarily like that. This was considered they were considered in essence married, even though they had not consummated the marriage and moved in together and to commit adultery or to become pregnant during this time. Was a big time no no. And matter of fact, the wife or the wife to be could actually be killed for that, for that betrayal and for that adultery. And the husband, in many instances, was expected to carry that out. So when we start looking at the Christmas account and the, the birth of Jesus and the pregnancy of Mary, keep those kinds of things in mind and keep in mind the kind of people Joseph and Mary are. We can learn a lot from these guys. To a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice. What's that word? Favored woman. Isaiah 66, 2 says, I will show favor to this kind of person, one who is humble, one who is submissive in spirit, and one who trembles at at my word. Uh, it's one of my, my favorite verses, man. I tell you, like, it rocked my world when it just jumped out at me one time. I'm like God is telling us the kind of person that he shows favor to. So if we are not submissive to people, don't show humility and really don't tremble at his word. Guys, we don't have favor with God. That's His, But we do if we have those characteristics. It's a wonderful thing. It says rejoice, favored woman, meaning Mary had these characteristics. The Lord is with you, but she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel told her, "Do not be afraid." In other words, uh, get get some courage because there's going to be some things coming your way, right? And over and over, when God says to his people, and if you recall, back in the summer, we asked that question. You'll see the question mark a whole lot. Uh, got, a lot of us got bumper stickers and things like that on our cars. If you don't get one, it does generate questions like, hey, what's the question mark? But it, that question mark is the question that will we be the people that reaches our city, reaches our community, not those that are just here, but those that are coming because they're coming Two, like how does that, how will we respond to the call to reach God's people? In other words, will it be us? And the answer must be yes. Amen. It's gotta be if we're his people. I Man, we gotta have that heart to, to go and reach his folks. Rejoice. I like said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor right with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, and I love this. Mary's not saying not not freaked out here, it doesn't seem. She's just like, this is a great question I think Mary should ask. How can this be? says, I have not been intimate with a man. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth, which I just talked about a second ago. Even she was conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. And I love the response Mary has here. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Now, this is is wild stuff. Can you imagine the response and the things that are going on through Mary's head here? I mean, the thoughts that she started having were going like, Wait a minute, I'm going to be pregnant in a culture that is going to probably kill me, and Joseph's going to be expected to do it. This is scary, but I'm the Lord's slave. Whew. Wow. You know, there's a there's a, a song called Mary, did you know? Right. Don't get me singing. It'll turn into a rap and it'll get ugly real quick. Right. But, here, you know, there's a song that Mary, did you know, like according to the scriptures she did? And I ran across this meme and I love it. It says, Mary, did you know? Slap. Right. She did. Luke 1, 26 through 38. Now, how did Batman get into the Christmas account, right? It's a Christmas day. How did Batman do this? But, but I tell you what, like, like, like Batman's a hero for a lot of folks. Matter of fact, Billy said he's going to wear his Batman suit in the next time we do that. So, all right. So, I will call you. Will, he says, I don't have one, but i go rent one. We will do an object lesson for real. One year from today. Count on it, right? Continuing in Luke, starting in uh, verse 39, Luke 1. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is is John the Baptist, right, about six months uh, in in his mother's womb, right? And he leaped inside her in the presence of a a newly, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Consummate? No, no, not that. What, what? Conceived. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I should write that down. So A newly conceived fetus, right? Like this is Jesus coming in the presence. And so John the Baptist in his mother's womb leaps for joy. This is wild. And said, then she exclaimed with a loud cry, You are the most blessed of women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me? Now listen to this. That the mother of my Lord, she knows who's inside Mary. She said, the mother of my Lord. That, 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 that blows my mind. Like I don't think of anybody being in an authority over me that doesn't even, isn't even born yet. But but yet she recognizes that. My Lord is in my presence. Man. That, 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 that the mother of my Lord is in my presence, should come to me. For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. She who has believed is blessed because what was spoken to her by the Lord will be fulfilled. And Mary said, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit is rejoiced in, my God, in God my Savior because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, because the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts, and he has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things. He has sent the the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, mindful of his mercy, just as he spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months, and she returned home. Flip over to Matthew 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that it, that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine, you know, you know, Jesus had brothers and sisters and things like that. Can you imagine being in a small town in this culture with a, a Mary who became pregnant before she was supposed to, Right. Like imagine the upbringing that Jesus had to endure, and his brothers and sisters had to endure the teasing and the bullying they had to endure it like the, it's not just the cross as horrific as that is that Jesus endured for you and me, He also endured a life that he did not have to, that he volunteer voluntarily came to. To us, in the form of a man, from a place where he heard nothing but "You are holy, you are holy, you are holy," to a to a a, a fallen world that says "Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him," and and bullies him up until the I it just blows my mind. I mean, imagine those kinds of things. Where where oh James, yeah, we heard about how your brother got conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, sure. The playground was just had to be a nightmare in that culture. Can you imagine the time where Joseph, even though we'll talk about what he did here in a little bit, had to be expected to hurt and harm Mary? Like, dude, you can't let her do that to you. You're bringing shame on your family. Are you kidding me? Wow. This isn't just a neat story. Guys, this is real life, real circumstances, real pressures. Real courage that had to be mustered in order for us to be saved. Amen? Check this out. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly. Man, how awesome is that? Decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Luke 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should Be registered first. The first registration took place while uh, somebody help me with that. one. Quirinius. All right. Thank you. I'll take your word for that was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David to be registered along with Mary who was engaged to him and was pregnant. A big no-no, like we said. Can you imagine some of the things? Hey, you guys married yet? No, no, no. no. Oh, right. you look like you might be expecting something, right? I mean, this is, an inter- this is fascinating stuff here. What's also fascinating is that the scriptures said, according to the Old Testament in the Word, that the child would be born in Bethlehem. David's not from Bethlehem, so God has to arrange some circumstances for him to get there, to be part of the census, because he's in the line of David, which is what brought him to Bethlehem, and he brings Mary along with him as she's almost ready to conceive. This is wild stuff, and I love this, because it's like, how does this happen unless God makes all these arrangements? It's impossible to think that there's not something supernatural going on here, amen? While they were there... The time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them at the lodging place. In the same region, and this is at the same time when Jesus is an infant here, the shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. He keeps telling this to people, right? There's something big here. Don't, don't, don't get scared. Don't be afraid for, look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today a Savior who is Messiah the Lord, the one was born for you in the city of David, this will be the sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. Wow. When the angel had left them and he returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and, and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After, the, after seeing them, they reported the message that They were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Now, you know, if you look at the nativity scene, a lot of times people will... Uh, either equate the wise men, which we 're going to talk about here in a second, with the the shepherds, and these are most likely two different sets of people, also in the nativity scenes. If you have the wise men there 's always three of them most of the time because they gave frankincense gold or gold frankincense and, and myrrh. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why people say, well, we don't really know how many wise men. It could have been a hundred. It could have been a couple, right? We just don't really know. Uh, Ultimately, the scriptures aren't very clear. But these wise men were different than the shepherds, which I'll explain in a second. And it says this in the the historic account of, of Jesus in the scriptures. Now, here's the deal. Like, th- like, ultimately, these things don't need to get freaked out and mad or anything like that. And I don't want to ruin anybody's Christmas whenever you look at a nativity scene going, that's wrong. That's because I've done that to people, too. I mean, I'm a robot humbug, right? I was like, oh, that's all right, man. This is ridiculous. Just tear it all down, you know, whatever. Like, some people are like, we should have nativity scenes in the square. I'll be like, no, we shouldn't. It's wrong. Right? <laughs> I was kind of doing that kind of thing to people, right, rather than enjoying the time. My apologies if I did that to you. I'm learning to be a better person. It's taking time, though. Matthew 2, starting in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of, of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem. See, these are two different people. Saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come. To worship him. The, these wise men, uh, many scholars think that these wise men were astrologers that were looking for signs already. So they were familiar with these, these things. And when they showed up in Jerusalem asking, who is the king of the Jews? Where is he? They do this because of the sign and the stars. This is wild. Like, and, and so can you imagine going to the government of the day saying, hey, look, I'm looking for the leader of the people. And he ain't he, like, where is he who has been born? When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed. Like, and he, and he, uh, he should have been right. Like, like somebody's actually saying, "Hey, you're not the king. I'm looking for the real one that's been born." I mean, it kind of had to freak him out a little bit. So he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah was to be would be born. Now, why would he do that? Like, how would they know? They knew because they knew the Scriptures because it had pre- been predicted in the Old Testament that they had at the time. Wow, man, right? I mean, this is this is amazing stuff. Guys, are you with me in this amazement? I mean, this is incredible. Like, how would they know? Like, this, this is what God said. This is where He said it would be. And so He got all the, the scholars together and He says, hey, what does your Bible say? What does your Word say? What do the Scriptures say about where this... Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, because out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them. Remember, he's freaked out at this point, right? So he he, uh, he secretly summoned the wise men. Where am I at? Where am I at? Seven, thank you. Herod secretly summoned the wise men. I appreciate y'all paying attention. And asked them to the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, uh, report back to me so I I can go worship him too, okay? No, that's not what he, yeah, right. Knowing who he is right now. He's he's like, yeah, he's trying to trick these guys. When you find him, uh, I'll join you in worship, uh, uh, okay? After hearing the king They went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen in the east. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed beyond measure. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. When they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt I call my son. Can you imagine the debates of the day? Saying, wait a minute, the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. How can he come out of Egypt? Can you explain that one to me, Mr. Scholar, right? But yet God worked out the circumstances so they both were true. Amazing. This is is Christmas account. This Christmas story is such great evidence of the supernatural power of God. Like it's evidence of God, not just a story. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage, and he gave orders to massacre all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were how old? Two years old and under, meaning that Jesus, when the wise men saw him, was about two years old. Not the baby infant that a lot of people think in the nativity scenes, right? Don't want to ruin your Christmas. I just want to give you the facts, right? This is what the Word says. In keeping with that time, he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children. And she refused to be consoled because they were no more. After Herod died... An angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, because those who sought the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus... How do you say that one? Somebody help me. Archelaus, thank you, was ruling over Judea in place of his father, Herod, He was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets that he will be called a Nazarene. How can he be born in Bethlehem and out of Egypt and be a Nazarene? Because God made it happen. Amen. Man, I love this. And here's what I want to encourage us to do. No longer are we going to be influenced by the culture in our joy, in our attitude about Christmas time. No longer, guys, are we going to sit here and say, oh, this is a wonderful time of year or this is a terrible time of year. And, and not remember that it, this, this, this season that we're in is such an impactful, potentially awesome, amazing thing for his kingdom. Everybody has Jesus on their lips. Let's share that with people. To share the reality of the, the victory that we have through this birth that we celebrate this time in our culture. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. And here's the thing we are falling short many times, regardless of our love of this season or, or hatred of the season or our attitude toward this time of year, whether it's joyous or whether it's happiness or whether it's dread or anything like that. So many of us, Lord are influenced by the culture or influenced by our past or influenced by memories or influences influenced by ideals of what Christmas time is supposed to be lord it is m- so much more than what we make it it is a true miracle of history what you did how you arranged all that I, I'll, it blows our mind but father here's the thing we want to submit to you humbly and tremble at your word and, and, and recognize that you did this and we celebrate this and we get to celebrate this in a culture that is not going to stop us. We are free to do it, Lord. May we take full advantage of this opportunity to reach those who need to know you because they're already speaking your name. Lord, it is in this son's name that we pray that we celebrate at this time of year. Everybody in the house said, amen.